It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Division. Jack Eichel back in Buffalo with the Golden Knights. The Sabres lead it 1-0 with the second period about to begin. Peyton Krebs has his fourth of the season. Now Nashville, who has the first of the two wildcard spots, they are playing Anaheim. That game about to get underway. So the Oilers are two points out of third in the Pacific, one point behind Dallas for the second and final wildcard spot in the West. Though remember, Dallas does have a couple of games in hand. Day off for the Oilers today. Back at it on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. 6.30 face-off show for Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Game will start at 8. The Lightning tonight in Calgary. That game starts in an hour. Also this evening, Rangers and Blues scoreless early. Islanders lead the Blue Jackets 1-0 in the first. In the second period, Avalanche and Hurricanes are scoreless. Jets and Devils tied 1-1. Panthers lead the Flyers 4-0 after the first period. Sam Reinhardt has two goals. He has up to 21. Carter Verhage has two goals. He's up to 20. Panthers just continue to roll along. Red Wings lead the Wild 3-2. That's in the second period. Senators up 1-0 over Seattle. About halfway through the second period in Toronto. How about this? The Coyotes leading the Maple Leafs 3-1. And early second period, Blackhawks and Bruins tied 1-1. Whew, what a game last night, eh? That was a beauty. That was just an, uh, an entertaining game. And uh, the cherry on top for oil country is that the Oilers got a big two points out of that one. As I have been discussing ad nauseum, uh, probably 32 points going into that game against the Capitals in their final 25 games needed by the Oilers. That would get them to 96. Well, now it's 30 and 24 games. So we count down from there. Big five-game homestand starts with the win with Tampa Bay coming up on Saturday night. I, I just thought it was a, a very, very entertaining game, really front to back. The, the Oilers came out and played very well. Washington had a couple of chances in the first period, uh, too. They went back and forth in the second period. You had another goal overturned on a video review. A few of those have gone the Oilers' way lately. And then the third just, I mean, what a finish. I, I, I know for Oilers fans, you didn't want to give up that one in the final two seconds, but a great shot by Oshie, and then the Oilers able to survive in overtime with uh, the captain getting the game winner on the two-on-one with Drysaddle, using Drysaddle as the decoy on that play. But of course, I, I'm going to remember that game as the Brad Malone game. 
Uh, he's a guy that uh, you want to cheer for, you know, um, really like having him around. Um, his game speaks for itself, you know, he works hard, you know, plays physical, does everything right, so great to see him get rewarded. To the blue line, kept in by Bouchard, his shot off his stick just went wide, Cassian in front, Malone scores! I don't think it's really sunk in yet, to be honest. Uh, feels, feels pretty awesome, to be honest, but um, I was just really happy that at the end of the game there we got the two points. It's... Uh, it's tough to have an individual game like that and, um, you know, feel good about yourself when you don't get the two points. So it's, uh, I know that's kind of the cliche thing, but in all honesty, you just, you don't want to be that teammate in the room. So it's, uh, it's awesome we got the two points. Brad Malone! He puts it in and the Oilers have a 3-2 lead! I'm happy for him. I'm happy for our team. Uh, I have a comfort level with Brad Malone. I think he plays the game hard. I think he navigates his way around the rink in the right fashion. Uh, I think he's gotten better as a player over the last three years. I've seen it up close. He's, he's risen to the occasion in numerous big moments. And that's what leads to that comfort level is those shared circumstances that we have. You know, if I was gonna give him any critique tonight, it was his 0 for 3 in the face-off circle. <laughs> I'm having some fun after the game. Brad Malone, great story. He was on with Bob earlier today. If you missed that interview, I suggest you check it out. You can get, of course, Bob's podcast wherever you get your podcast or go to his show page on uh, uh, on 630Ched.com. I, I mean, again, I gave these dates last night, but what did we have? His first NHL points since February 28th, 2016. Gets his first goal since December 3rd, 2015. And the first time he's got two points in a game since March 26th, 2015. Uh, I saw our buddy John Shannon posted 2,228 days since Brad Malone last scored in the NHL. So good for him. Popular player has accepted his role as uh, an older journeyman who maybe was never going to get a shot in the NHL again. Don't forget, he was on an American Hockey League contract for most of this season. But uh, I think a genuinely well-liked and well-respected player within the Oilers organization. I'm going to say the entire organization, whether it's with teammates here or in Bakersfield with the coaches and with the managers and all those other people. Uh, you know, He's been on this show a few times over the years and has talked about uh, embracing sort of the role of being a mentor, of taking pride, of seeing younger teammates go to the NHL. I, uh, I tweeted out the link to a story I wrote on, on 630Ched.com a couple of years ago when uh, Kyler Yamamoto gave Brad Malone a lot of credit for helping him develop with the Bakersfield Condors. And Yamamoto gave a great quote where Malone said, well, I'd love to see you again, but I hope I don't see you again because I want you to stick in the National Hockey League. So I, I thought it was quite cool that they wound up scoring in the same game. And you're going to hear more about Brad Malone and his impact on younger players. And you're also going to get to know the guy talking about Malone. Vincent DeHarnay is going to join me between 7 and 7.30. He is that six foot seven defenseman who's having a really good season with the Condors and uh, recently got a two-year contract with the Oilers that's going to kick in for next year. And maybe a guy you see on the blue line here in Edmonton in uh, the next year or two drafted way back in 2016. He's had quite a journey played in the ECHL and then had kind of had to work his way up with Bakersfield. And now he's doing really, really well. So it'll be cool to have uh, Vinny Dar uh, Deharnay on between seven and seven 30 tonight. So uh, Brad Malone, Kudos to him. I know we had a caller on overtime open line after the game who asked Rob and me, well, so does Malone now stay in the lineup? Well, we'll see. 
the the one thing I like about Malone, great he got points, but he hits. I mean, he had five hits last night in in just over 10 minutes of ice time. He's had other games, three, four, five hits in around 10 minutes of ice time. So he does get engaged. And he he does go out there with the the mission of being physical and understanding who he is. And, of course, if a guy can score, he's going to try to put it in the net like Malone did and got an assist in the game as well by taking a shot and driving to the net and helping keep the puck alive for Cody Ceci. But he understands he's got to grind, he's got to hit, he's got to be annoying to play against, and I think he's been able to do that. Now, again, the Oilers didn't practice today. I would think that if there is a lineup change on Saturday, it would probably be the insertion of Josh Archibald. We'll see how it goes at practice tomorrow. I mean, clearly you're not taking Malone out after the the game he just had. Uh, I don't think you're going to take Cassian out after just coming back from injury and getting an assist. So I, I would think if Archibald comes in, it would it would likely be for Colton Sevier. When Nugent Hopkins and Pugliarvi are healthy, which is a couple of weeks away, uh, I, mean, I mean, as uh, Jay Woodcroft said the other day when I asked specifically about Nuge, can we clarify it is indeed week to week? And Woodcroft said it's week to week. So I don't think we're going to see Nuge on this homestand. So we're probably looking the week after at the very earliest. And Pugliarvi slightly closer than Nugent Hopkins, but not imminent. So I, I would think if there is a change for Saturday, it's, you know, if there aren't any other bumps and bruises from last night, it's Archibald in and probably Sevier out. Now, if if everybody's healthy at the same time, does Malone stay in the lineup? I guess we'll see. We'll see how he's playing. Uh, I mean, I, I would think that Shore and Malone would be the next two candidates to come out if everybody was healthy. Like I said, I think Cassian keeps playing. I think Ryan keeps playing. And then the other, all the other guys are pretty much automatic t- to be in. But good for Malone. An awesome story. I, was, uh, I, I couldn't help but feel happy for him. I know as a media guy, I'm supposed to be old and crusty and a curmudgeon about everything. But I thought that was really neat for, uh, for Brad Malone for sure. I want to dive into some other things about that game. I, I, I want to give some more thoughts on the power play because that was an, an extensive part of the conversation we had about the team a couple of days ago. Uh, the, the, the hook on Zach Hyman. And a couple other young Oilers who I think are starting to look more assertive out there. Also, I'm happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainteed pro all the way back in a couple of minutes for more inside sports inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers How about this? Late in the second period, Coyotes leading the Maple Leafs 4-1. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard as we move along tonight, uh, including a couple games of interest to your Edmonton Oilers in their playoff chase. Okay, so the win over Washington, first of all, power play looked great. They went one for four. Yeah, you'd love to have scored another one given the chances that they had. I thought Ilya Samsonov made some great saves. I mean, there was that... uh, especially that one on Evander Kane about four minutes into the third period. That was a great save on the pass across from Dreisaitl. 
Um, you know, Hyman had a goal melt scramble in the first period. Uh, Drysdale had a shot in the first period. So the power play was good. First of all, getting Bouchard back, I think, helped a lot because he can get puck through, uh, puck, uh, pucks through from the line. He's not afraid to fire away. That was good. And something else that happened, and I talked about this a couple of days ago, they were able to get some presence down low. And you know who helped? Was the power forward Kyler Yamamoto. I, I thought he had a really good game. They, they worked the puck down low to him a few times. He was able to set up plays in front with quick passes, and he got a goal. And he got that Alex Chason style goal. I was watching the highlights again today, and he makes himself available. He gets his stick right in the crease. He anchors his stick with his skate and his leg right behind the stick. So it's harder to check. And, and as Rob Brown has often told me, if, you know, if he, if he misses the puck with his stick, it might still bank off his skate and go in as long as he's making a, not making a distinct kicking motion. So I, I think getting Bouchard back, getting shots through from the line, and then actually working the puck down low, not just focusing on like, okay, it can only be McDavid or Dreisaitl that ever shoot or pass the puck. I thought, I thought that made, it, made a big difference. And that was... As good as the power play has looked in probably several games. And yes, okay, one for four, you'd love to get another one. But I thought that was a good night with the man advantage for sure. Late in the third period, Zach Hyman chasing the puck out near center ice with the Capitals net empty. A blatant hook by Alexander Ovechkin. I know it's all over. Uh, the the video was all over Twitter and social media. And yes, it's a, a pretty obvious uh, hook on the play. Now, should have that been a penalty? Yes, I, I, I did talk to somebody who uh, knows a lot about officiating, and I'll just leave it at that, who said that this should not have been an awarded goal, but it should have been a penalty. But it wasn't clear-cut enough for Hyman with a line to the empty net for them to award a goal on the play, but definitely should have been a penalty. So kept the game alive for Washington, or they're still escape with the victory. They missed one. You know, they... There were probably more penalties that could have been called in that game overall. So I, I didn't think it was a poorly refereed game. Yes, they missed one there. Um, but I, I, I thought that the referees were, you know, doing the whole let them play thing for the most part. I mean, some of the Capitals thought that Drysettle committed a foul on Oshie and the turnover that led to the overtime goal. I didn't think that was a penalty. I thought Drysettle made a hard play on the puck and pushed the guy down and was able to get the puck away from him. So it could not have been an awarded goal on that play with Zach Hyman. Should have been a penalty. Yes. Okay. Couple of other guys that are still relatively young, still early in their careers, but who I think are starting to look a little more assertive. And one of them is Philip Broberg. And to me, the the last three games, I'll say, have looked different than the, the games we saw him earlier this season. And I, I think he started to feel a little more confident. He's, he seems to be skating more, rushing the puck a little bit more. I mean, he's probably handled the puck more inside the top of the circles in the offensive end the last couple of days than he had all the previous games combined. He got a little bit of time there on the second power play with Duncan Keith, so that's good. He's starting to look more confident. Still young, still going to be a work in pros, pro, uh, progress, but I think even if the Oilers trade for a defenseman, and I know that's the speculation out there that if the Oilers make a trade, that's what it's going to be, they're going to be probably having to play someone young and relatively inexperienced in their lineup, whether it's Broberg, whether it's Lagason, or whether it's Nimalina. Now, I know maybe Chris Russell is healthy at some point, um, uh, but we'll see. Nima Linen's probably going to come back up from the farm at some point. He went down there as uh, he and his wife welcomed the child. But 
I think there have been some strides here for Broberg in recent games. The other guy who, who I think is getting better, looking more and more like an NHL pro is, is Ryan McLeod. He's getting to play in the top six lately. I don't know if that's going to continue once Jesse Pugliarvi is back, but we'll see. We know the lines always change anyway, but McLeod He's he's to me he's starting to make more confident plays and look like, and he looks like when he's rushing the puck he knows what he wants to do with it, or he knows that he's going to try and force the play as opposed to being tentative. And there was even a play last night. Well, a couple of plays last night. He I mean Drysaddle wanted the puck and he looked off Drysaddle to pass to Cece who was trailing. So he's not just you know deferring to the big guys all the time. He's trying to make the best possible play. And there was a play he was streaking through the neutral zone, and an Oilers defenseman was bringing the puck up, and and McLeod tapped for the pass. And that's that's something I always look for. And and I think that goes for any sport. You know, the the the, the star basketball player does he want to take the final shot or not? Does the you know, does the start quarterback, does does he want to have the ball in his hands down six late in the game or, or would he rather not? Would he would he rather, you know, hope that it didn't come down to that? So I think McLeod is getting more comfortable, more assertive, and he's looking more as if he's saying, okay, I, I belong here and I'm, I'm going to initiate plays. I'm not just going to wait for my line mates to do it. I, I've seen more from that and more, uh, more from him lately along those lines, which is good. Which is good. I, I think a couple little positive things to consider there for the Oilers as we move along. Okay. Oh, they're playing music. We got to do the news and weather. We're great. We got a lot of fun coming up tonight. The Oil Kings have won 12 in a row. Their head coach Brad Lauer is going to check in. As I mentioned, Vinny Deharnay from the Bakersfield Condors. They have a game coming up tomorrow. Deharnay is a really cool story. Plus, he'll react to Brad Malone's big night last night. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you never know where it's going to go with this guy. My buddy Jack Michaels, who had the TV call of the Oilers win over the Capitals last night, is coming up next. We may talk about hockey, or we may just see where Jack feels like going tonight, and we'll go there. Happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. The email, insidesports at 630 chadcom 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.